this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. There's people in the room right now that are being touched by the Lord. I know it. I can feel it in the room. Do not allow the enemy to confuse what you're experiencing this morning. Do not let the enemy distract you. It doesn't matter if the lights are on or if they're off or people get up and go to the bathroom. None of that matters. Focus on him this morning. He wants to do something this morning that you've never experienced before. He wants to deliver you from addictions that you can't shake on your own. You've been trying for years. You've, you've literally been trying for years to walk away from it. And you do a great job for nine months and then boom, it comes back and wrecks your life. He wants to take that off of you this morning. He wants to remove that from you this morning. But there's one thing that I, I've had on my heart. We've, we've done two camps out at the camp. We had our youth and the Holy Spirit blew through the youth and changed people's lives and we're gonna hear about that. We're gonna have all the, seems like schedules, we can't get everybody here at the same time, but we're gonna hear about what happened in our youth and what happened in our kids because you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard. And the Lord is raising a standard over the next generation. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if there's one kid here. It doesn't matter if there's 100 kids here. He's raising a standard over the summit kids. And I'm telling you, they are going to catch on fire. And you better be ahead of them. I'm not joking. You better be ahead of them. Because they're going to be looking for people that are more mature in the faith to raise them up. And so the enemy can come in and the enemy can disturb craziness and deceive people and that can happen. But I'm telling you that the hand of the Lord is upon the youth and this generation and they're not seeking church. They're not seeking a service. They're seeking the king. They're seeking truth. They're seeking what only he can bring through you, a yielded vessel. And I was watching both camps. We were leading the youth camp spiritually and the camp. And then for the kids camp, I, we finally, I got to relax a little bit. Jen was still on, on point. She had to lead our kids. And I was just doing the facility and I just sat back and watched. And I, I was watching all these kids play Gaga ball. And they're sweating and bloody and hitting their knuckles on the asphalt. And just like, they're, they're pouring out all the energy they have to have fun. And I couldn't help but think that that's what the Lord wants us to do about the next generation. So many times we make church about this service and this is great and he's moving in the room and he's touching people and before today's over, you're gonna meet him if you're willing. He's here. But, but what he's calling us to do as a body of believers is to have joy with our kids. I'm not so good at scraping my hand on the ground anymore and hitting a ball. But, 
But what I know is, is that as I stood there and watched those, those children move and be excited about something and want to win, the Lord showed me his compassion for them. And I want to read you a scripture. You know it, but Matthew 9 verse 35 says this, Then Jesus went out to all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of church or denomination. He was teaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what was happening? I love it in scripture because it says that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And that's what the focal point is. We make it about the second half of the verse. And I'm asking you as a people in this generation to make it not about the second half of the verse. Because I think we can get so missing the point. The second half of the verse says, And healing every sick and every diseased person among them. But that only happens when we preach the gospel of the kingdom. And the compassion of Jesus for this generation. Verse 36 says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary. They were scattered. Like sheep having no shepherd. I can tell you, after praying with kids at youth camp, praying with kids at kids camp, I can tell you that there is a generation that is scattered. There is a generation that is seeking the Lord and they're finding the enemy's distractions all along the way. And we have youth that are on fire. We have kids that are on fire and they go to environments in which there's no Jesus. That can be their home. That can be their school. It can be anything. But he's asking us, I'm telling you, he's asking us this morning, will we have the compassion that he had for the multitudes for the next generation? Will will we have it? Then he said to the disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. There's been an apathy among the church in America There's been an apathy, a a lack of compassion for the world and a lack of compassion for the next generation. And let me tell you, they feel it. They feel it. And I believe in this hour, God is calling for a church to rise up and to be who he's created us to be. Romans tells us that that all of creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. A son reflects the father. Father. And Jesus is saying here in this scripture, it says about him that he was moved with compassion. That means that the father was moved with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. And if we are sons of the father and co-heirs with Christ, we should be moved with compassion. And my, my issue with myself is, is that sometimes we are moved to do something, but we lack the compassion to complete it. Have you ever gotten burnt out, drugged down, frustrated? You see, we get moved. That's great. We see the need. But without compassion, we cannot fully complete what he's called us to do. And so we're walking in an era where no one has compassion for anyone else. Come on. The world doesn't have compassion for anyone else. I literally was disconnected from the news, but I saw that a NASCAR driver was murdered at the gas pump. There is no compassion for fellow man in the world. But he says, I have come to overcome the world. 
and in you, greater things will you do than I've done. Well, that means, that doesn't just mean miracles, ladies and gentlemen. That doesn't just mean that you're gonna heal more sick people and do all that stuff. No, that's great, and you will. But the only way that that comes is when you have a greater compassion for the multitudes than he had for the multitudes. And in Revelation 19, it describes him coming on a horse. And it says he's coming with fire in his eyes. And that is not just the fire to bring a reconciliation to the earth. That passion, that fire we can tap into this morning if we want it. If we want it, we can tap into it this morning. And so, believe me, I love the miracles. We saw miracles the last two weeks. We saw great things happen. Over three quarters of the youth that came to the event, that came to camp, were either healed physically, emotionally, or met Jesus. And we celebrate all that. But it shouldn't take kids going to camp. It shouldn't take the next generation going an hour away to sleep in bunks that are clean, by the way, but that to sleep in bunks and to be separated from their family to meet Jesus in a transformational way. They should be meeting him in you and me. When they see us in the mall, when they see us around, they should be meeting Jesus. And, and see, I felt compelled this week that many times I'm not that to our community. And I don't know, maybe you feel the same way. But we get so caught up in what, we're, what we have to do and we forget about who we're supposed to be doing it to. There is coming a generation that is so in love with Jesus that one meeting a week won't work. There's coming a generation, we've seen it in revivals, Brownsville and Toronto and other places, their, their revivals are amazing. And what, what really is revival? Revival is that people acknowledge Jesus is actually there. Because 99% of the time he's there, but we don't acknowledge him and so it doesn't break out. And we don't let him out. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he said, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The issue that I see with that in today's church and in even my life is that I feel like there was some part of that free that I had to pay for. There was some part of that that I had to achieve to be able to go and do those things. And that's not what he said. He said, freely you have received from me the power to go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Now freely give that away. But see, sometimes our conduit, our hose is clogged up with me and you. And so freely we receive. It's hard when you go buy the brand new car, Stephen. You go buy the brand new car. It's, it's harder to give it away. Now, if I gave you the brand new car, it'd be easier to give it away because it didn't cost you anything. See, we, we put a cost on what Jesus gave us freely and then we can't live up to the standard and that's called religion. And religion will always kill the anointing. And so we wonder if we're fruitful, why we're not fruitful, sorry. We wonder why we're not fruitful. It could be because we're offended. We talked about that over the last 15 weeks, but it 
sometimes isn't because we're offended we're not fruitful because we haven't put him in the rightful place and we haven't received his compassion into us it hits our head but it never makes it to our heart that 18 inches is the hardest journey you'll ever take and I'm telling you after watching a few hundred kids get on their face in a tabernacle on a dirty floor and cry out to the Lord for him to touch them I can tell you that they need you they need you we can't sit on the sidelines and watch this generation go to hell and I can tell you this even whenever I was a kid we dressed up and we went to church every time the doors were open I wish that we could say that about our families today but we can't they don't come just because the doors are open anymore they play baseball they do all those things I'm not against any of that I just think they should do it on a different day but that's just my soapbox I'll get off but I'm telling you this that there's coming a generation that are going to look at mom and dad and say I don't want that anymore I want what Jesus is bringing to me because I went to camp and I felt an anointing and a power and an infilling of the Holy Spirit that I'm not seeing in anybody else around me and I got to go find it and so when the Lord puts his hand on a generation when the Lord puts his hand on a people it's attractive to everyone else around there have been waves here at the summit there's been waves here where the Lord has shown up and then things change and people are laying all over the floor and then we see waves where people don't even come not because of COVID because of selfishness and if we are really going to see the revival that we've prayed for there is a compassion of the Father that we have to understand and release to our community. But if we think it costs us something, if we think we have to do something to attain that, then we aren't going to give it away. And so my prayer this week as I've been preparing for this has been, I don't know what I'm going to preach, Lord, but would you just extend your compassion upon our people? Would you birth in us a compassion that we can't walk by another person? Do you realize when you gave your life to the Lord that you said, and you said, I'm dead, I'm no longer here, I'm dead to my old life, it's gone, now I'm renewed in him, I'm, I have a new life in Jesus. Did you realize that you have surrendered all personal thought about what you have to do every day? You can no longer walk by someone who is sick and walk straight by them. You're compelled by something other than your own desire or your own fear. You're compelled by something else living inside of you that says, I have compassion for these people. And my concern is that the church in this hour is lacking compassion, not because we don't want to, but because we haven't spent time with the one who is compassion. You see, he seeks you. And when you seek him, there's a collision between you and the creator of the universe. And once you've met him, you cannot go back. You can't go back. The things you did before you met him, 
don't even interest you anymore. Because you've met something greater than the thing you were putting your love in. John 6, would you turn with me? Verse 22. I know this is strong this morning. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying I know that it is. And I know that to wake up the church, we have to pick the right boat. Verse 22, on the following day when the people who were standing, this is right after he walked on water and Peter and the whole deal. I'm not going to get into that this morning. Go back and reread it. Verse 22, on the following day when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea you realize they were standing on the other side of the sea and they saw something there is a generation looking from the outside into our lives to see if they see something and they saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but his disciples had gone away alone however other boats came from type Tiberius near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there nor his disciples they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus there are some people in the room you've seen Jesus out there you've seen him on the lake you've seen him on the sea you've seen him out there and you've stayed on the shore because it's safe it's safe to come to church it's safe to do the religious thing but I'm going to tell you this morning it's not safe to do religious activities it's actually death it's death so what happened they they got in boats seeking Jesus and when they found him on the other side of the sea they said to him rabbi when did you come here Jesus answered them and said most assuredly I say to you you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. You see, coming to church and receiving the truth of the word is amazing. But if you're coming here to receive a word from the pulpit, no matter who's up here, then you're completely missing the purpose of meeting Jesus. Because it's not about me in the pulpit, it's not about anyone in the pulpit, it's about the Jesus in which we're declaring. And so he says, you didn't come because I did miracles. You came because I fed your physical body. And he's ready for a generation that says, feeding my physical body, amazing. I'm going to keep doing that because I want to live. But I want something greater than feeding my physical body. I want an encounter with Jesus. I want to be with him. I want to be close to him. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. He set his seal on him. He put inside of him everything that he would need. And he sealed it up so that it was ready for you and I to access. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, every part of wrath that we see in this first part of the Bible, up into that scripture, everything we see of wrath and shame and guilt and all that stuff in the Old Testament was placed upon Jesus. All of it. 
He's not holding back a little wrath for you because you've been bad. He poured it all out on Jesus. So if you're receiving wrath from someone, it's not Jesus. If you're receiving shame from someone, it's not Jesus. If you're receiving disrespect from someone, it's not Jesus. The Father poured it all out on Jesus so that you could be free. And so that when you're free, you don't just remain free inside of a box. That when you're free, you take the freedom that was freely given to you and you share it with all those around you. And that's revival. That's being a burning one for Jesus. That's when your eyes come alive. You see, this Jesus that we talk about, he didn't come just to save the person in front of you or the person beside you. He came to save all those who are willing to receive him. All those who are hungry, he will feed you. All those who are thirsty, he will give you drink. You see, we compartmentalize church. And I know that many of you have seen the the marriage counseling where men have boxes in their brain and we have a nothing box and we can go there and we cannot think about anything. I'm ready to enter that in about two hours. After the last 31 days, I'm ready to enter that box. But here's what I'm here to tell you. We can't compartmentalize the king of glory. He takes all of our boxes and he pulls them out and he smashes them on the floor and he says, I want all of you. Not one box can you keep from me because I want all of you. And I don't believe it's a mistake that you're here this morning. Those visiting, you can fill out a visitor card. It's no mistake you're here. But what I'm here to tell you is the compassion of a loving Savior, the creator of the world, was, was poured out for you. You just have to pick it up. You just have to receive it. And there is much better times. I, I know whenever you hear the gospel and maybe you've been saved for 50 years, whatever, I, I'm just here to tell you that there are times that are better to receive the Lord. You'll think that. There's times that are better. If, if I did it next week, I would be more composed. If I did it in, in two weeks, I would, I would be done with all my addictions and I would come to the foot of the cross and I would be so clean that he would accept me. I'm telling you, the enemy tells you that. You know, he can't stop you from saying yes to Jesus. He can only delay you. And many people have been delayed to the point that they pass on to everlasting and now they're going to spend the rest of their lives in hell because they were delayed in saying yes to Jesus. The delay is over. The delay is over. Today is the day. Today is the day. And one of the things I know is whenever I go to the Lord and I ask He provides something that I didn't even ask for. He always over-delivers. See, we're good at over-promising and under-delivering as human beings. We say we're going to do all this stuff, and then we come back and we only do a portion of it. He is saying, I'm going to do all this. He does all that. He did all that on the cross, and he said it's finished, which means there's nothing left. He's sitting on the throne. But when we access what he did for us, we get more than what we asked for. 
And my prayer this morning is that we, when we have ministry time at the end of this service, that whatever you've been asking the Lord for, maybe it's a touch in your body, the ache that's been there for a long time, maybe it's, a, maybe it's an ache in your heart, maybe it's something you haven't been able to run away from and you've been trying and you're exhausted, maybe it's the box that you put God in and he wants to smash it this morning, but my, my call to you is, that when you come to Jesus, you remember this, that the Father has compassion on you more than you could ever desire, more than you could ever dream of, more than you could ever even imagine he has compassion for you. And that means that if you come in the most broken state you've ever been, he'll touch you in that space. And if you come in the most glorious I've been to camp and I'm totally good he'll meet you there but what it's going to take is a yielded vessel to say I need something that I can't do on my own and so he says this then they said to him why should we do why shall we do that we may work for the works of God What shall we do that we may do the work of God? Then Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent. I'm telling you that apathy in the church comes from exhaustion of doing the things that we are said we have to do. We've made commitments and we have to fulfill those commitments. Are you saying, Pastor Rob, that I should stop fulfilling my word I'm not saying that at all I'm saying before you look into the next thing you better be sure you can deliver I remember we used to play ball all the time at the park and we would always joke about people who talked too much they were writing checks that their body couldn't cash they would come and talk about how they were going to score 30 points on us and then they lost by 16 For too long, the church has been writing checks that we haven't been close enough to Jesus to let him cash. So this is what he said. Therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? They're they're religious people. They're saying, what are you gonna do to convince us that we need to believe in you? Have you said that? Lord, what are you going to do today that's going to keep me close to you? He's done it all. The only reason why you're not close to him is because you've strayed away. 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I can tell you today that when you lay down the things that you've been carrying, the things you've been asking the Lord, you will be free. Free. And the next generation, the generation that's down in base camp, the generation that's sitting on this side of the auditorium, that generation is looking for a free people. A free people. Because when you're free, you speak the truth. 
Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast away. I want to take a few moments this morning, and I just want to, I want to open the place for the Lord to move in your life. I don't know what he wants to do this morning. I just know that he called this meeting. And when he calls the meeting, whenever he, he says he's going to be here, he shows up. And it says that he healed all who were sick. He delivered all who were demon-possessed. He delivered and saved all who wanted him. All who were willing. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but for the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at that last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Would you stand this morning? He is so in love with you. He's so in love with you. No matter what you've done, no matter who you've hurt, no matter who's hurt you, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And see, we build walls to protect ourselves, but the walls also block out his love from getting to us. And I believe this morning he wants to come and invade your space and so we're going to take some time, and for some this may be uncomfortable, but I just ask you, would you forget the person next to you? If you need to move around the room, that's totally fine. There's places to be. If you want to come up to the altar, totally awesome. It's open. It's always open. But I want you to make an altar where you are, and I want you to connect to the compassion of the Father for you. There's nothing you have to do. Just start to talk to him this morning. Would you just... Make him number one for a few moments. Lord, only you know the hearts and minds of these people. You know every broken piece. You know every broken heart. You know every discouraged person in the room. You know every joyful person in the room. You know the people that have been struggling because they haven't been able to achieve their dreams. You see it all. 
Lord, come and do something this morning. Would you come? You can come. Would you come? Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord, and your mercy never fails me. In all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will say of the goodness of God. In all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God If you have your prayer language this morning, would you just begin to pray in the Spirit? If you don't know what I'm talking about, just talk to the Lord right now. He's ready to to come and do something in this place. Mm. If you, if you have been bound by something that you continually keep trying to fix and it hasn't broken, then you need to come here this morning. You need to come forward. There's freedom in Jesus. He doesn't want you to toil. There's freedom. So if that's you, come forward. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. He seeks you this morning. He seeks you. He sees you in your brokenness. And he wants to see you whole. He wants to see you whole. There's already been a couple people that have come forward for freedom. The ultimate freedom is knowing Jesus. And saying, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my master. I want you to be my controller. And if that's you this morning and you want to do that, then the the altar is open. Come forward and release all the junk. Mm. 
Lord, this morning I, I ask you, would you pour out your compassion for the generation, for our community upon these people? Deliver them, set them free. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. of worship do not get up if you're down front the Lord is touching people in the room 
before service, I was in here just worshiping. We had an amazing time in the prayer room. And the Lord is birthing something, but, and I know that they probably won't want this, but um, I feel the power of the Lord on this. And I was pulled out into the lobby to meet Vic Gardner's grandson, Steve, and his wife, Shu, from British Columbia, son, sorry, son, sorry, uh, from British Columbia. And you were here, you saw what happened. And I just would invite you, if you don't mind to come up, if you guys would both come up, I want to honor both of you. Um, number one, I want to pray over you. I don't know what the Lord's doing in your life, but his hand is on you in a powerful way. And, uh, and then I want you, and then I ask you to pray over us, if you would. But I just want to pray for you first. Father, we stand here today on the shoulders of generations that loved you. And this man stands here with his wife as a representation for a generation that changed this region. And Father, I pray, it's not a mistake that they're here today. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would be upon them as they travel. And the anointing that was in this place when he was here as a little one running around flipping a light switch and watching the light come on as if it was magic, that everywhere they go and every person they talk to, the candle of the Lord would be lit in their lives and they would meet Jesus. They would meet him, they would be changed by him and that a generation that is looking for truth would find it in this couple. So Lord, would you just pour out your blessings upon them? Would you accelerate their feet to what you've called them to do in their destiny? We thank you, Lord, for their lives. We thank you for their dedication. We thank you for the wisdom that they will impart as they travel. And we thank you, Lord, for the legacy that is here because of their family's obedience to your call. So Lord, we, would you just extend your hands? Lord, we pray your blessing over them angels go before behind and beside them guiding them equipping them empowering them clearing the way of the darkness so they can bring true light in jesus name amen oh, sorry i want to thank pastor rob for giving me this opportunity to stand here in front of this church on this platform where I saw my dad minister for 15, 16 years, whatever it was, it is humbling and I am grateful. 
one of the most profound things that I can say is 60 years ago in this church, one of the most powerful things that God would do, I still see here today. Many of you won't remember the square platform with the altar, and my dad would never have that varnished because of the tears of the saints that were shed at that altar. And it moves me past words to see that kind of ministry still going on 60 years later. This church was always a beacon of God meeting people. And when I played around with the website and saw this is the place where people meet Jesus. And to see that still true today in such a powerful way absolutely moves me to tears. I am so grateful to be with you here. And I'll say one of the things that my dad used to always say is, God is good all the time. It is, again, moving to the point of tears to see the same gospel. I can hear other ministers, other pastors, my dad, preaching messages similar to this one, where people would meet God and where Jesus' power and anointing was poured out where God is worshiped, Jesus is met, and where the Holy Spirit is present. It would be a great honor to pray for your pastor and to pray for you. But I remember when I went with my mom and dad for dad to take up a pastorate in Burnaby, British Columbia. That's off on the left coast somewhere. It's a long way away. But one of the things that I remember saying to people is what I'm going to say here. And those of you who know the Levitical blessing from Numbers will get this. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace as you serve the Lord and as you serve this community. In Jesus' name. And I'd love to pray with your pastor, if I may. Mm. Heavenly Father, it is such a privilege to be here in this place with people who love you and people who serve you and who preach the gospel in all its fullness. I pray for Pastor Rob. I pray for his entire team. And Lord, it is such a pleasure to worship and pray with this congregation as they move forward in all that you have for them. Lord, I look to Hebrews 13, 8, and that's been an anchor for the Foursquare Church and for your people. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We pray blessing and peace and strength and wisdom and discernment in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank Amen. you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bless you. Would, you. would you have a seat for one more minute? You can keep playing, Robbie. Keep the atmosphere. One more moment. So this week, 
this month, I should say, I was able to, um, I received a call before camp after the tornado went through. I received a call from Ty Austin and he said, uh, I've got this kid. And I think that's exactly how he said it too. I got this kid who'd, who might be willing to come up and help and to just be a part of it and, uh, and just be hands and feet of Jesus, would you be willing to have someone come? And Ty said, now, is Caleb back there? Yeah, he is, I see him. Sorry, he's in the dark. Um, but I, Ty said to me, he's like, you need to tell him that this is not about him and that you have the right to tell him to go home. And so as soon as I talked to him on the phone. I said, Caleb, come on up here. I said, we don't have money to pay you, um, but we'll cover your expenses to get here and get home. Um, but we would love to have you. And so he got, he got here and I had the conversation of, um, I can tell you to go home at any time, so don't make me. Um, but Sometimes the Lord sends you gifts that you didn't know you needed. Would you come up here? Caleb? We had tough conversations. Come on up. We had tough conversations. We had um, times with the Lord. We've had lots of stuff in four weeks. I want to thank you for your obedience to be here to hear the Lord to speak what he says I'm glad I didn't have to say go home I wanted to say stay but I know he's called you to some things but um, the Lord found you and he's not letting go and he's gifted you with things that you have a sense of, but you haven't seen. And so I just want, um, well, you can say whatever you want, but I want to pray over you before you leave that the stuff that he's revealed to you in the time you've been here would be accelerated into your ministry. That you would see God move in power and see him in a way that you've never seen him before. And that's been my prayer since day one. This place that you've taken over is so special. It's so special. I would not be where I am. I'm completely different than when I showed up if it was not for the presence that you foster here daily daily it's here it's not just on Sundays it's not just when a bunch of people are here it's with you it's with your team it's with everybody in here I would not be the same I would be the same person and I don't want to be that person and that person was pretty good but I don't want to be that person laying on the floor in tears over the smallest things that I didn't even know were there would not be it would not be possible without the thickness of the presence that's here. 
Would you extend your hands up here? The scriptures say, if you receive the prophet in the name of the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. And Lord, we have received from this man. Lord, I ask that as a blessing was prayed over all of us, that as he goes into the things that you've called him to do, that he would carry a thicker presence, a thicker love for you, And I know he's going from one coast to the other coast and top to bottom in the next few weeks. Lord, may the glory of your presence go with him into every situation. May he be received for the office that he holds and may he minister freely in everything you call him to do. We say thank you for the gift we say thank you for what you're about to do in his life. All the fruit, all the things, we just say thank you. So Lord, we commission him to go. For your word says that we would raise up and send out. That's what an apostolic house does. So whether it's four weeks or four years or 40 years, our goal is to raise people up into the understanding of your presence and send them out to the world. And so we commission him right now in Jesus' name, to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus to a world that is in desperate need, a generation that is in desperate need of your love. So Lord, take over any place that that he hasn't surrendered yet on his drive home. 15 hours, you've got a lot of work you can do. And Lord, just wreck him for your Holy Spirit, wreck him for your presence, And may the kingdom of heaven come in Jesus' name. Amen. Not really sure how to follow that. Um, He's been an honor to have here, for sure. Just ask Robbie. (laughs) Um, It's been really great. So thank you, Caleb, for absolutely everything. Um, he was at youth camp and we did not have a male leader to be there. And so Caleb stepped in, I mean, as he does, because he didn't know what he was here to do. So I was like, great, you can help me. So <laughs> he, he took the bullet and slept in the cabins and um, he hung out with Robbie all weekend. We have seen significant transformation in our youth group from him and um, the things that he's been able to pour into who we are, me personally, and our youth. So that's been really great. Um, announcements. I know, it's kind of awkward. But number one, the offering bucket is in the back for whenever you're ready to leave. Um, This Thursday, we are having a high school game night. I'm really excited. So if you're a high schooler in the room, we're going to be here in the Family Life Center playing games, eating snacks, doing whatever fun things we decide to do. So that is this Thursday at 6. And then on July 25th at 6 o'clock, the men's ministry invited the women's ministry to a cookout. So if you are in men's or women's ministry, you can join us. July 25th, 6 o'clock, Family Life Center. And then on July 28th at noon is Senior Life. So if you have not joined us for Senior Life before, 
um, we would love to have you. It's a really fun time for the seniors to get together, to play games, have fun, worship, and just be together. So um, if you have any questions about any of that, one more thing. If you are interested in being baptized, we're going to be doing that um, at the end of the month. So if that's something that the Lord is pressing on your heart, please come talk to one of us. We will get you the details and what that looks like. Have a blessed week, guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.